the Free Speaking Podcast with your hosts, Jerry Mintz and Joseph Nardone. Welcome back to the Relatively Speaking Podcast. We are recording bright and early on Monday morning. I believe today is what, September 5th? Is it September 6th? It's, it's the, the 5th, 5th, right? Yeah. Great. I, I don't know what day it is. It's September 5th, but it's Labor Day. So I am fortunate enough to have a day off from work and be home recording this podcast and in the comfort of my own home, not having to rush out to go to work. I'm Jared Mintz. I am your co-host. Joining me today and every other day that we record this wonderful podcast is Joe Nardone. Joe, how's your morning going? Good, good. Woke up a little bit late, but a little rushed. Uh, I'm about a half a cup of coffee now, so if it doesn't, if it takes me till about 20 minutes of the podcast to figure out what's going on with life, that's what happened. Yeah, there's a little bit of lag for Joe today, but uh, we'll forgive him and give him some time to catch up. So just don't don't hold anything against him. But yeah, man. Luckily, I set the bar for what people expect to be so low that they probably won't realize the difference. Yeah, you you should be fine. I'm not I'm not overly concerned about it. But um, yeah, let's let's not waste any more time. We have we have NFL football kicking off this week. We had the first weekend of college football take place over these last few days, and we're right back in the thick of things. It's it's cool outside. I'm expecting this huge uh, rainstorm all day today. We haven't gotten a single drop of rain this weekend. Fall fall is really here. So with that said, let's talk about the craziness that happened this weekend in college football. We had Alabama completely blowing the doors off of USC. Houston getting that upset win over Oklahoma. And Wisconsin getting a big upset over LSU. And then last night... We get two overtime. Was it really two overtime? I feel double like it's overtime. always yeah, double, double, double overtime in Texas as the home team Longhorns upset Notre Dame. Joe, which of these stood out to you the most over the weekend? What What was your, I don't want to say favorite college football moment that we saw, but what what really stood out to you that you saw? Uh, the Notre Dame-Texas game. Um, it's not reason to see bias. It stood out for a billion reasons. Texas's um, new offensive coordinator, um, his last name is Sharp. I want to say his first name is Sterling, which Sterling Sharp feels like the receiver that used to play for the Packers. Yep. Um, it might be Starling Sharp. I forget what his, or his last name might be Starling. I apologize. But um, he runs this really quick, up-tempo style of offense. Um, they have this freshman quarterback, Shane Bouchelle, um, who just, true freshman, first freshman quarterback, true freshman started Texas since 1947 when Bobby Lane was the quarterback. Um Dude can Sterling, play. Sterling Gilbert is the only No, Sterling Gilbert. All right. Dude, dude quarterback can play. Um, they use Tyrone Swoops in an 18-wheeler package because he's number 18 and he's a giant human. Um, several times he ran the ball for 53 yards and three touchdowns. Um, Texas was just utterly impressive. However, Notre Dame did come back after Texas, after the they figured out te- Texas's tempo and offense a little bit. Um the morning after question, though, from Notre Dame is, because Notre Dame lost in a lot of the shuffle is that Notre Dame only returned six starters from last year's team. They lost their whole secondary last month because of off-the-field issues. Um, they still looked really good. They have talent at the running back position with Adams and Folsom. Um, St. Brown at receiver looks like an NFL, like already looks like an NFL style, like an NFL quality receiver. He's six foot five. Um, and he's only a sophomore. He's going to be really good. The issue this morning in South Bend, Indiana, is whoever's going to ask Brian Capelli the question that I think the rest of the nation would be answered to 12 minutes into the football game, which is why was Malik Zaire still getting snaps instead of Deshaun Kaiser when the latter looked like a top 10 pick in the NFL? And Zaire, who is a good quarterback, just looked awful. And... Um, there's Kelly. Kelly was Kelly was out coached in this game by Strong and and Gilbert, the coaches for Texas. Um, Notre Dame lucked into tying the game late after a, a blocked extra point from Texas re- returned to tie it with the two point conversion. There's about a minute left. You have Deshaun Kaiser who finished the game 15 to 24, 215 yards, five touchdowns. He also ran the ball for 77 yards on the touchdown. And you got to remember, he also didn't play five series because Zaire was getting series. So his numbers would have been even more absurd. Um, he decided to run the clock out when he just needed about third, 
eh, 40 yards to get a field goal to win. So instead he played, he was afraid of his own offense and played for the, played for overtime. And then in overtime, uh, Texas just looked better. They both scored first play, or first series. Texas scored right up the alley. The Texas Notre Dame answered. Then I mean, that swoops guy from Texas, Dave Wheeler package, when he's in in the in the game, everybody knows they're gonna he's gonna run. Notre Dame knew this as well. They're just gonna stop him because he is a giant human that just ran over other humans. But yeah, Brian Kelly should have a lot to answer for today, and uh, because Notre Dame didn't didn't lose the game as much as Notre Dame took the game away from them by playing so much this year. Now, what what is the deal with the quarterback controversy? Was there supposed to be a controversy well, heading into the season, or I mean, I know that. Kaiser took a lot more snaps than Zaire last season. So why what was Zaire's, why wasn't he the the starter from from day one here? Zaire start, was the starter heading into last season, and Kaiser had no experience at all. So then Zaire actually started the Texas game. He ended up getting hurt into the second game of the season. Missed all, then missed the rest of it last year. Then Kaiser took over. I I don't know for sure. I feel I asked this question last night on Twitter, and then I got he's a coward. Uh, I don't think that's why Zaire was still playing. <laughs> I think the the easy answer would have just been to play uh, Kaiser. Uh, I think maybe Kelly or maybe the offensive coordinator felt an obligation to give Zaire a shot at winning the starting job, considering that he was a starter heading into last season before he got hurt. Um, so I get that. The decision could have been... Like, Brian Kelly started the second half with Zaire. It was clear after the first two series and the first half that Zaire played, that Kaiser, because Kaiser looked, like, Kaiser looked good last year and was, like, like, probably, you know, like, if the Heisman went to 17 guys, he's probably, like, the 17th Heisman place guy. Um, but he looked, like, even better this, like, he looked like an NFL player. Like, you watch him play, he would just brush guys off the side like they were nothing. He would uh, shift around in the pocket to find find time, he'd find guys, he would, his accuracy is just, like, he has a strong arm, too, but Zaire's strong arm is actually stronger, but Kaiser has a really strong arm. His accuracy is just insane. He threw a ball, the kid, Torrey Hunter Jr. ended up getting concussed when it happened, but he threw the ball in the end zone between two defenders. The kid caught it, he ended up getting smacked. It should have been uh, a targeting play, because in college football, you could actually review targeting now, and... Um, it was a helmet to helmet, so but they didn't review it, which is a whole different story for another time. But yeah, I I my only guess is that he felt obligated to give Zaire a shot. It's just he he did it too many times. Is sure, the best do, you way. Expect, do, you, do you expect there to be any kind of quarterback controversy moving forward? No, no. If, if he starts, if Zaire gets a snap outside of Zaire, Kaiser getting hurt, if Zaire gets another snap the rest of the way, if I'm Notre Dame's AD, I fire Brian Kelly in the spot. It already sounds like you kind of want to fire Brian Kelly. Well, I don't like him. No, well, here's the thing. So I got to separate two things. One, I'm a Notre Dame fan, so full disclosure. Although, like, I, I'm, I'm actually okay them losing to Texas because I want Charlie Strong to, that, to be awesome. But uh, I'm a weird fan like that. But Brian Kelly's a very, very good coach. He's also a maniac on the sidelines, just yelling at kids and growing ups alike. And it's kind of indefensible. Like, this isn't yelling teaching moment. This is yelling, it's never my fault. Yell, 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 yell. Embarrass you in front of a bunch of people. Yell, 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 yell. Wow. So, yeah, he's, like, having brain aneurysms on the sideline from yelling so much. And, like, like he should have yelled at himself yesterday. Like, they were... Notre Dame is better, right, than Texas. And the difference between the game was play calling and the fact that Kelly kept going to Zaire so as often as he did, and uh, and then when they and then you could just look at the last. There's a minute, a, a roughly a minute to go, and they just needed a field goal to win the game. And Notre Dame's offense, since they had Kaiser in, was pretty much unstoppable. And instead of relying on that, he decided to decided to go to overtime. A minute's a lot of time left in college football because the clock stops after first down. So. Yeah, man, Brian Kelly, our coach, Charlie Strong did a great job. Uh, Sterling Gilbert, Sterling Gilbert, Sterling, Sterling, man, what like I call him Sterling Sharp, unbelievable. <laughs> uh, Sterling Gilbert, he brings a lot to the table. LSU should call him now. 
to offer him the job. Uh, wow. Already calling for Les's seat. Nice. Oh, well, yeah, LSU, I mean, geez. But, uh, yeah, Notre Dame, will, Texas will be ranked <laughs> next week because that's how it works. Notre Dame will drop a bit. Um, Texas is Texas is still really young at quarterback, and the, the kid's Michelle's really good. Like I can't, I can't say enough of how great he looked yesterday, considering he's a freshman, and uh, how strong of an arm he has, and uh, his teammates seem to like thoroughly enjoy him. So like, there's some kind of weird camaraderie thing going on there, and he he's going to have his up and down. So it's not like Texas is back. Do you know what I mean? Like at, at, at the end of the game, that's the broadcasters. So Texas is back. Um, Big 12 is not exactly easy, uh, but they're definitely looking at a 10-win season. They look back. Yeah, and that, you know what I mean? That, that's what I was going to follow up with. I was going to ask you if you think that this win means more for Texas or does this loss mean more for Notre Dame moving forward? Ooh, that's a that's a really good question. Um, I think these expectations at Notre Dame are always – it's like national championship robust. And I don't think they are – I mean, they were only returning six starters from last season. So, like, I was always puzzled by their 10 ranking. Um if I'm if, if I'm a Notre, I am a Notre Dame fan. So as a Notre Dame fan, I'm worried because Kaiser could leave after this year for the draft, and he's clearly the better quarterback. And um, the rest of the team's super young, so like you hope they're really good, but you hope Kaiser's not so good that he leaves. So you're not if you're Notre Dame, you're no longer playing for the college football playoff. Um, you're not going to get in with one win. If you're Texas, um, this is a Charlie Strong said it before the game. Um, you need to, to build a program. You need to win the one game that you're not supposed to, and then have like a good season. That obviously beating Notre Dame. This is a game they weren't supposed to win. Freshman quarterback Notre Dame was actually is actually four heading into the game is four and zero all time at DKR. Um, all these things were working against Texas, and they just did their thing, man. And and I think the most impressive thing here for Texas is their two biggest recruits, Shane Bouchelle, and let me let me get the. I think it's Malik Jackson. Their linemen are their world beaters. So, um, yeah, man. I, I I don't think Texas is. I, I I don't know what the hyperbole level is right at the second. But like next year, there are going to be in the conversation for the college football playoff. Yeah, I saw a lot of the guys that I uh, write with over at Bro Jackson were pretty excited. A lot of them are Texas alum, and they 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 were happy. It's it's good to see the program kind of get back on track. Obviously. It, it does feel like like an incredible reach to say the program's back because they got this win last night. It's a huge win, and it's good for momentum moving forward. But building a program back up is really a process. And we saw it happen with Notre Dame you know, over the last five to ten years even. And it's, it's good to see it hopefully starting to take place in Texas. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think the, the, the point of emphasis is certain areas like Texas's defensive line looking – the best it's looked since 2008. And the same could go with their offensive line. And those aren't going to be like those fancy things people are talking about. But I'm a Texas fan. Yeah, you're looking at a 9 or 10 win season this year. And Texas's expectations are similar to Notre Dame's, as in it's always win it all or bust. But you're clearly moving in the right direction. And you have a quarterback for the first time since Colt McCoy. Absolutely. Speaking of quarterbacks, I uh, I think it's time for us to start bad tweets. Hit the music. Fry MJ memes with the side of some racism. Many hot takes. Some of them. Bad tweets. All right, Joe, I think you're up first today. All right. So this tweet is from Patrick A. Schmidt. He's a writer from Fanside. He's a good dude, so this isn't really a shot at him. But this tweet was sent uh, 12.40 a.m., which is roughly like, I don't know, seven seconds after the Notre Dame game. NFL's four days away. So one of the better, the best college football game of the weekend. Um, one, it was a good weekend in college football, too. It yeah, was like, six up, six ranked teams lost. Um, ooh, that, that, no, that, I want to talk about that phone ring for a minute. That sounded like, uh, like the phone from Bill and, Bill and Ted's Wild Adventure, whatever it was Yeah, that, that's what it was. George Carlin sitting in a phone booth waiting for me, for me to come take the phone. I like to keep a traditional ring on my phone. I'm not going to apologize for it. No, it's you better, don't. It's better than what anybody else has on their phone. It's certainly not going to be 
a little Wayne verse or anything like that. So, uh, mine's a Final Fantasy music that used to be our drop to open the show. I like that. That's pretty cool. I'd be excited to hear that. I think. See, here's the thing: you either need a ringtone that's going to get your attention, or you need something that you're going to enjoy hearing every time it goes off. And for me, it's it's more about the former than the latter. There. Yeah, that makes sense. I never got uh, like the, the the music one. Did you imagine me in the supermarket and all of a sudden Drake singing out of your pocket? Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's weird. Like, not that Final Fantasy, the Final Fantasy music is any better, but it's it's at least funny. Do you know what I mean? Like, nobody wants to hear Drake or Lil Wayne or Taylor Swift coming out of your pocket. Yeah, I definitely don't want to hear anybody. I'm gonna change. I'm inspired though. Like, I really like that ring a ton. I'm gonna change my ringtone to a normal ring. There you go. There you have it. Sorry, I ruined the. No, no, this was way better. I could talk about the phone ring thing. I think for another forty minutes. Our new segment, Bad Ringtones. Great. <laughs> Happy to usher that in. Well, the thing with Patrick, whatever, good dude. Um, do we can't we just like enjoy the thing we literally just saw before we move on to and, the next and thing? We really don't need to be like my sport guy when you're an NFL fan. Everybody but he's a college football writer, right? Like, what is he? What are you doing? Just enjoy the moment. He, he lives. Well, you know what? It could be too. He's from Chicago, which is kind of Notre Dame country, so he might be. Maybe I, I took this out of context. Maybe he's like uh, punting on the season, right? So, right. yeah, you know what, I'm Patrick. That wasn't a bad tweet. That was Bad Joe taking something probably out of context. Wow, our newest new segment, Bad Joe taking things out of context. We're just How we're just that? introducing stuff on the regular. It's amazing. All right, well, I'll move forward with an actual bad tweet, which was sent out by at Fox Sports <laughs> on. Saturday, September 3rd at 12.15 p.m., right after the biggest piece of football news hit for this weekend. They tweet, Why the Vikings move for Sam Bradford keeps Minnesota's Super Bowl hoax alive. Yeah. Fart, <laughs> fart noise. I don't know about all that. So, over the weekend, we saw a couple quarterbacks changing places. First of all, we didn't really talk about it on Friday, and by didn't really, we didn't talk about it at all. Teddy Bridgewater suffered a gruesome yeah. knee injury during... Uh, during training or during whatever you would call it last week, training, right? practice, it's called practice. Sorry, it's Monday. Um, Teddy Bridgewater suffers a season-ending, potentially worse injury last week. Vikings, who made the playoffs last year and have playoff aspirations and apparently Super Bowl aspirations this year, wind up without their starting quarterback. So last week we were thinking about how this team could possibly do with Sean Hill, who I think is one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league stepping in for Teddy Bridgewater, and then on Saturday, they go out and they trade a first-round pick and a conditional pick, which at worst will be a fourth, and if the Vikings do get to the Super Bowl this year, will be a second-round pick. So you give up a first and possibly even a second to get Sam Bradford, who the Eagles didn't even have huge plans for this year. I mean, they went out and traded for him last offseason, thinking he'd be Chip Kelly's guy. He didn't have a great year. Chip Kelly's gone. They draft Carson Wentz with the second overall pick, and, you know, it becomes, this isn't really Sam Bradford's team anymore. Now he's on Minnesota. This is Sam Bradford's team in Minnesota, and, uh, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I love that trade. Joe, what do you think? Um, I mean, here's the deal. If I'm, the Eagles, reports are that their coach kind of wanted Chase Daniel from the get-go to be the starter. Right. So they couldn't, he couldn't quickly enough get rid of Sam Bradford. And the first and the fourth, for Sam Bradford at this point, for a guy that's been in the league long enough to be proven that he's not worth a first and a fourth. Um, so from the Eagles side, you got the, you're, you're starting the quarterback you literally want to start anyway. And you you're, you have your rookie who's going to be in the background. So like whatever, the Eagles weren't going to be that great this year anyway. And they got everything they wanted. Plus the first and a fourth. While getting rid of something they didn't really want. Um, for the Vikings, um, there's, they're, from what I understand, they're supposed to be good everywhere else, good at running back, pretty good at receiver, good at defense. Um, they kind of just need a quarterback. Well, and the idea that was that Bridgewater was going going to take that next step. So now they were kind of just looking for a quarterback that wasn't that's not going to kill them. And um, listen, man, Sam Bradford is that quarterback that can kill you. Like he's yes. turnover prone. Like there's got to be other guys. Like I don't get like why teams keep turning to him and Mark Sanchez. Because they're not safe bets. They're turnover-prone guys. There's got to be, like, another guy that's not good but doesn't turn the ball over. Yeah, and obviously, we'll get into Mark Sanchez in a minute. The Cowboys didn't really give up a ton to get him. But uh, with Bradford, you know, it's kind of just like, 
Why are you giving up? Why are you giving up two picks with one of them being a first to get this guy who last year was the best year of his career, probably played 14 games, which was a good sign after he played seven the season before complete 65% of his passes, which was his career high. Before that, his career high was 60.7 passes, and he had a 19 to 14 touchdown interception ratio. I mean, in, in his career, he, like you mentioned, he's relatively injury prone and, and relatively turnover prone. I, I just, I don't get giving up a lot for him. I mean, I, I, I understand it to extents because it's reuniting him with Pat Shermer, who was his uh, offensive coordinator with the Rams and worked with him with the Eagles last year, who is now the Minnesota Vikings tight ends coach. So you get a reunion in that aspect. You also get to reunite Bradford with, uh, Adrian Peterson, as the two played at Oklahoma together very briefly. But, but beyond that, I mean, I know the, the Vikings are relying more on their running game and their defense to win games, and that, that was kind of what they had Teddy Bridgewater around as. And this isn't meant you know, as a slight to him, but he was really a game manager for them. And part of being a game manager isn't turning the ball over. And I don't know that you could say you're getting that with Sam Bradford. So to, to hear Super Bowl talk now that they get Bradford instead of Sean Hill just kind of makes me scratch my head a little bit. No, yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you. Um, I just can't believe that there's just not another. I understand the point that there's if a quarterback was good enough, he'd be starting somewhere, right? I totally get that. But there's got to be other guys that aren't good, like that aren't considered good quarterbacks, right? Like the Mark Sanchez and Sam Bradford's, who are like game manager types, who are known to not turn the ball over. And I just don't understand how you, like everything you said is true, like. Teddy Bridge now Teddy they're all they were also to be fair to Teddy Bridgewater Bridgewater were expecting him to take another step and maybe go beyond game manager this year a little bit. Right. But you're looking to replace this him with a year Yeah, absolutely. This is still only year three for Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. So it's not like we're writing him off or, or saying he isn't good. We're just saying, you know, the the team hasn't relied on him to necessarily go out and win games for them, but he is growing into a role where, where more is being expected. Yeah. Him. So like but you when you're when when he goes down, you're looking for somebody who maybe is close to what he was last year, I guess. And I can't believe there's nothing else available like that. So you have to turn to Sam Bradford. Like I, yeah, I, I, I just find it hard to believe you can't give up like a fifth rounder instead for like a very maybe even an unproven five year backup quarterback. Do you know what I mean? Like there's got to be those guys in the NFL that are like like Chase Daniels getting the start now, right? Because that's Doug Peterson's guy. But um, there has to be a backup somewhere that's not injury-prone, who's not turnover-prone, who wouldn't cost you in a first-in-a fourth-round draft pick, who would be as incompetent as as Sam Bradford. Right. And I I don't mean to completely write him off. I mean, he could be okay this year. No, there's not not a single thing in his his history that says he was. He's never won more than 500% of his games in a season. He's thrown... 52 touchdowns to 78, or 78 touchdowns 78 to 52, 52 interceptions. Right. That's not uh, terrible. That is terrible. You're that's just using, terrible. you're you're going to have the Ryan Fitzpatrick meter where anything above three, <laughs> that's bad. You can't be thrown for every touchdown throw .5 interceptions. I think he's gotten a little bit better over the last couple of years, which uh, is why I don't. I don't know, but Chip Kelly's right. offense, he made, Chip Kelly's offense kind of probably made him look really good last season, so I'm not even buying any of his numbers last year. Right, and that, that's the other thing, is that he's a guy that wasn't able to really flourish in Chip Kelly's offense, which makes every quarterback essentially look better. I mean, we're going to see that kind of disproven this year with the, the crop of quarterbacks he has in San Francisco. But Oh, you're, yeah, saying, are you, you're, not, you're not betting on Blake Gabbert throwing for 4,000 yards, 35 touchdowns, and three picks? No, I actually <laughs> am more in favor of Colin Kaepernick right now, and we all know what's going on with him. But whoop, whoop. Yeah. Yeah, Sam Bradford's just not great. We we don't disagree. I'm not going to take the Sam Bradford card here. That's my bad tweet, okay? I, I don't think he's very good. I don't understand giving up as much for him. To, to turn this back to the Eagles, by the way, I think that they're expecting Carson Wentz to be the starter when he gets healthy, which has been... We're not going to talk about this. It's not a real controversy. No, they're not. Chase Daniel's the guy for the year. They don't want Carson Wentz to play at all this year. Don't think so. Everything I read this weekend is that once Carson Wentz is healthy, he's going to be the guy. Chase Daniels is kind of pissed about it. Again, I, I don't really want to talk about Chase Daniels because, like, it's Chase Daniels, but I, I know he's Doug Peterson's guy. Peterson wants him to, you know, he brought him with him from Kansas City to to have a greater role, but every, everything I read this weekend said he's going to be the backup, so I guess that's just a situation to, to really keep our eyes on. Wentz may not even be good to go next week, so 
maybe Chase Daniel does play and plays well enough to, to keep the job. I, I don't know. But you mentioned it. The Eagles aren't going to be great. So this is really a good trade for them to be able to get you know good draft picks by only giving up a player they didn't really want to keep anyway. So this this was really a win-win for them. And it's, it's really interesting because... You know, it, it comes down to leverage in NFL trades, and the Vikings apparently really wanted to get a quarterback, and you would think the Eagles didn't have a ton of leverage in trading Bradford because we knew they, they drafted Wentz second. You know they have Chase Daniels in the fold. You know that Sam Bradford wasn't really happy with the way everything went down. So for them to be able to, to kind of fleece Minnesota out of a first and at worst a fourth that could be a second was just way to go, Eagles. Yeah, E A G L E S Eagles. Let's let's stay in the NFC East and talk about another quarterback changing teams. We knew Mark Sanchez wasn't going to make it in Denver. Denver went forward as we discussed last week. Denver went forward with uh, with your boy Trevor Simeon, Mister. He was he undrafted or was he a seventh round pick? I believe he was drafted. I can't remember. Mister late quarterback (laughs) who doesn't look like an NFL quarterback. Mister Northwestern. Yeah, he was going to be an NFL quarterback this year. Shout out to him. Anyway, the Broncos Broncos cut Mark Sanchez on Saturday, and the Cowboys were ready, willing, and able, I guess, to, to bring him on board. Actually, the, the Cowboys seemed to be getting in a little bit of trouble for this as the signing went down too quick that it was deemed there was tampering involved because apparently the Cowboys were trying to trade for Sanchez last week, and for whatever reason, the Broncos wanted nothing to do with it. Anyway, let, let's... Let's look over all that. Sanchez going to Dallas to, I think, be Dak Prescott's backup. Yeah. I don't think that they have any on starting him. What, what do you think of Mark Sanchez, my boy, the Sanchez, heading to Dallas? Um, honestly, it means almost nothing. He's going there to be a warm body behind, behind Dak Prescott until Tony Romo's healthy, and then he'd be the third stringer. Um, so he's there, like, the in-case-of-emergency-break-glass situation. That's what he's there for. Is he so, better than is he better than what the Cowboys have had a backup quarterback recently? I mean, he's got to be better than like Matt Castle. Listen, dude, I don't know. Somebody made, somebody tweeted this out the other day, and it's probably a good point. Like, at what point do we real like does it sink in that maybe Mark Sanchez is his confidence is so broke it's beyond repair? Because yeah, I mean, do you know what I mean? I, like, like he never really was a number. Like he was never really this world beater with the Jets, but he played his he he did enough there when he, early in his career and then like things just fell apart and they continue to fall apart and he just got beat up by a guy named Trevor Simeon in Denver when all Denver de- Denver desperately wanted Mark Sanchez to get that job yeah and, that, and it reached a point they released him so I'm gonna say this is like whatever like Romo's out for eight weeks or whatever eight to ten weeks this is definitely just Dak Prescott's job because they wanted to see how he how good he could play if he's the future of the team and then when Romo comes back, they'll have that decision between Prescott and Romo, depending how well Prescott plays. But Sanchez really is a non-factor, and like he might get cut in 10 weeks anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely possible that he does. I do think he's a little bit of an upgrade over guys like Matt Castle and Brandon Whedon. And again, that's probably not saying as much about Sanchez as it is about the other guys. It's interesting that he's wound up in a couple situations where you would think he could really flourish and pick himself back up. And I think it's really fair to bring the confidence question into all this because the stuff with the Jets went so poorly for him between competing with Tim Tebow and then competing with Geno Smith and then getting hurt in the season in, in a situation he shouldn't have even been in the game, and that's mm-hmm. kind of how his his Jet career ends. He goes to Philadelphia, gets to play with Chip Kelly, doesn't play terribly, but obviously doesn't play well enough to, to make teams around the, the league think he could be a starter for them, and then he goes to Denver, where that job was so winnable for him, and he obviously just didn't didn't play well enough to even be in consideration for it. I mean, Paxton Lynch had a pretty nice preseason, and I wouldn't be surprised if he winds up getting a look at, at that starting job, depending on how poorly you know your boy Trevor Simeon plays. I, I don't stop saying my Simeon. boy. He's not my boy. I like Paxton any, Lynch. Any quarter, any quarterback for the Broncos is by default your boy. Because that's your team. Um, he's your boy. All right, right, Fitzpatrick. But I, 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 I think Trevor Simeon's going to have a nice season in Mark Sanchez that both Simeon and Pax and Lynch were above him on the depth chart, and they didn't even think it was worth keeping him around in Denver on this team that just doesn't have any experience at quarterback. And now he goes to Dallas. You're, you're definitely right. He's, he's going to be the backup to Dak. He may wind up getting cut at some point, but... I do think that there is some kind of silver lining for him in going to Dallas and that 
They do have some good weapons on offense. They have a great offensive line. Prescott's leash can't be too long because I think Dallas really has high hopes for this season. I, I don't think that they're willing to, if Dak Prescott bombs, I don't think they're going to stick with him just to see what a young quarterback has. They, they want to compete. They know their window is closing to be competitive unless, you know, Dak runs away with things and all of a sudden the window opens up another 10 years or so. But I, I think it's a good place for Sanchez to try and get back on his feet, even though Dallas is a little bit of a, of a carnival or a, whatever you want to call it. There's always all this hype and media surrounding them. So it could wind up just not being a good situation for Sanchez if he does get to play and play poorly. But I, I like this landing spot for him. He'll always be my boy, okay? I'm always going to try and defend Mark Sanchez and make it sound like this could be good for him. Okay, fair enough. I don't think he sees the field for Dallas, and I think in 10 weeks he's cut or he just becomes... He's only a story now because it literally just happened. And yep. uh, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. Yep, five minutes of Mark Sanchez. There you have it. Yeah, Who this, will be the, this might be the last good. five minutes anybody's ever covered of Mark Sanchez. Sad trombone. Speaking of sad trombones and speaking of Mark Sanchez... The Jets, the New York Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 the team that I cheer for that obviously Mark Sanchez used to play for and potentially got ruined by. They had an active weekend themselves, cutting D. Milner and Jason Morrow and completely cutting all ties to the John Idzik era. Obviously, you know, you look at these names and Joe even asked me who Jason Morrow was. D. Milner was their first round pick in 2013. They actually had two picks that year. It was him and Sheldon Williams. They took Milner before Sheldon, so... It's a good thing they wound up getting uh, getting Sheldon. I just call him Sheldon Williams. Sheldon Richardson. They did not draft Sheldon Williams. <laughs> if they got Sheldon Williams, they'd be one of the better basketball. Football yeah, I guess. I don't even know about all that. But uh, anyway, they drafted Sheldon Richardson, not Sheldon Williams, in uh, 2013. After D. Milner, D. Milner gets cut. He missed 22 of 32 games the last two seasons and was an unquestionably gigantic bust for this team. They also cut Jason Morrow, who was their second-round pick in 2014. The tight end out of uh, Texas Tech caught 38 balls as a rookie, missed the entire 2015 season, and now he's gone. So anytime you can cut a recent first- and second-round pick, you know your team's doing well. Way to go, Jets. To clarify, though, they're both back already on the roster because they cleared waivers and they've been put on the IR. Uh, I don't believe Jason Morrow is. I'm pretty sure. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's Trevor Riley, but Milner has. Right. Yeah. Yeah. D. D. Milner's back on the. I. I. You mentioned. I don't know if it's season long injured reserve. I'm not. Oh, it's very confusing. We had listeners. We had this conversation before the podcast began, trying to figure out the NFL's IR because it's changed. Because if you were caught on Sunday after 4 p.m., you could get called back after six weeks. But if you're caught on Saturday or before 4 p.m., you're not or something. (laughs) <laughs> that's a pretty good uh, description. Well, that's what it is. And they still owe Milner clear, clear waivers, and they still owe him $4 million to be on the injured reserve. So nothing happened, really. They just put him on put him on waivers so they could put him on IR to pay him the salary to sit on, on IR. I don't know what the salary is going to be $4 million this year. Otherwise, I have no idea. Yeah, it, does, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but um, nothing the Jets do ever does. And it's... It's disappointing. It kind of seemed like things could be heading this way. Neither Milner or Amaro seem to be locks to, to really make the final roster or even have a role with this team moving forward. And it's, it's a huge disappointment. But at the same time, you know, as a Jet fan, I understand that there's new leadership and, you know, McCagnan doesn't really want any of Idzik's guys around anymore, especially Jason Morrow kind of had a hard time understanding the playbook and, and growing, and he was always injured, and, you know, you could really say the same about D. Milner, who was hurt for so long, and it's, again, it's disappointing because the expectations for Milner were so high after they traded Darrell Revis to get that second first-round pick in 2013, and, you know, a lot of Jets fans thought they're finding their next Revis and Milner. This guy's going to be great. He was a stud at Alabama. He was a physical back, and uh, just can't stay on the field, and when he does, he gets burned, so... Sad, sad ending to the D. Milner Jet era. Womp, womp, womp. Uh, th- this is life as a, this is life as a Jet fan. And Don't worry, you still have Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> they do still have Ryan Fitzpatrick. They he went to Harvard. They have four quarterbacks on the roster. It's going to be a fun season for the Jets. Which, Are they going to carry four quarterbacks? Seriously? Yeah, they're going to carry four quarterbacks. I think we would have seen them cut one by now. Or going they back to like the Vikings couldn't go to them and got Geno or Hackenberg or Petty for like a sixth rounder. 
None of those guys are good. They wanted a quarterback that could. Sam Bradford's their, not good. They wanted to keep their Super Bowl hopes alive, alive. so that's yeah. why they got Sam Bradford and not Duh. Bryce Petty. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, let's let's use this to transition into <laughs> some <else>. bigger. <laughs> yeah, something slash anything else. Some bigger NFL big picture stuff. Obviously, the NFL season starts on Thursday. We get a Super Bowl rematch between the Carolina Panthers and the Denver Broncos. Trevor Simeon. Yeah, and we're going to be off and running with NFL after that. So with the season coming up, we thought now was as good of a time as ever to uh, take a look at some big-picture NFL stuff for the season. Joe was adamantly against predictions and doing every division. (laughs) Well, you wanted to do division winners and stuff, and we haven't even seen any of these teams play yet. Yeah, I know. That's what a preview is, man. That's not a preview. That's just throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what sticks. All right, so let's let's go about it in a different way and throw stuff at a different wall. We're we're gonna take a look at at some teams who we expect to to either improve or take a step back. We're gonna look at our dark horses this season, and even though Joe didn't want to, we're gonna make some kind of predictions as we describe or not describe. I got nothing today, man. As we talk about who we think. Did are, you sleep in? Did we reverse roles? Is this that the movie with Michael, the guy from Growing Pains, when you switch bodies with somebody who was older? With uh, what's his name? With uh, Dudley Moore. Yeah, with Dudley Moore. What's the name? Is that, of that like like father like son. I think it is. What? Well, yeah, I yeah. Do it's it's the same thing as like Freaky Friday. Oh, it's that, the same thing as nine other movies. Yeah, right. They made that movie a thousand times. Um, yeah. Anyway, no, I didn't sleep in. I actually, strangely enough, I've been waking up in the middle of the night like the last few nights to pee. Really? No, I do that all the time. Really itchy. I've been having like hives on my like arms and stuff when I wake up. It's really strange. Like really, really strange. Anyway, I I'll ask you out there. Continue your diet. Good stuff. Uh, not enough. Not as much as I need to. Obviously. Anyway, let's let's get right into this, man. Let's yeah. let's talk about the NFL season coming up. Let's do predictions. Let's do some predictions. We were just talking about the Jets, and uh, the Jets won ten games last year. So let let's get right into it, and let's talk about teams that we expect to take a step back this year. Joe, why don't you start us off? I, I have two. Um, I have the Colts. Their offensive line stinks. They're going to be worse than 8-8, eight and eight considering they missed Andrew Luck nine games last year. Yes. Their offensive line stinks. Um, I, also, I also... I don't want to jump ahead, but I have the Texans as being even better than last year. Uh, right, it's to take a leap in a minute. Jeez, man. Hold, well, I'm just sorry. Well, I'm trying. You're, you're trying to shut down my argument before I even get going. You're like, why Andrew Luck is so mean? Blah, 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 blah. Well, thanks a lot, Jared, for letting me speak about my my prediction that you wanted so badly. Um, the Colts offensive line stinks. Andrew Luck's overrated. My other team is the Washington Racial Slurs. Wow. Kirk, Kirk Cousins isn't good. Um, no, he. I don't want to say he's not good. He's fine, but he's not no anywhere as good as you guys as most most people think. Um, the NFC East stinks, and that's kind of why they were decent last year. They also don't play that same easy schedule they played last year. So they just need to hope the NFC East stinks again this year, which it probably will because the Eagles are kind of in a rebuild still. The Giants are the Giants. And unless Dak Prescott is this once-in-a-generation rookie quarterback that can just transcend being a rookie, um, Washington should be the favorites to win the division. But I still think they stink, so they're taking a step back. That's fair, man. I, I dig that. I'm glad that you shared your predictions with me, and I'm sorry that I was jumping on you. No, I can't beginning. wait. I'm, 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 I'm foaming at the mouth, frothing at the mouth for your predictions. So I can All right, out. so the teams I think are going to take a step back. I'm going to start with the Steelers. Whoa, 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 Steelers, a, Mike Tomlinson, oh! Are we? Yeah, exactly, Mike Tomlinson. Keep talking about football, buddy. <laughs> no, Drew Archie used to be on the roster two years ago. <laughs> I, I think the Steelers, they're being hyped up a lot heading into the season, and I think it's its just people hyping up last season's version of the team. Ben is less great without Martavis Bryant, and they're not going to have him at all this season. I also think it might be unfair to expect D'Angelo Williams to be that Le'Veon Bell proxy again. Also, you don't even know if Le'Veon Bell is going to get back this year. I mean, him not playing because of a uh, missed drug test is a little bit alarming, He's missed a lot of time over the last few seasons from suspensions and injuries. And, yeah, when he's on the field, I think he's the best running back in football. I just The fact that you can't depend on him to be on the field kind of worries me a little bit. And I look at that division. There should still be room for them to be really good because the Browns are a bit of an unknown quantity. And the Ravens are probably going to be terrible again. But I think the Bengals are going to be better than the Steelers. And I think anybody expecting the Steelers to win the AFC North just because, you know, the, the Bengals aren't able to win playoff games. Therefore, they're... 
the last five years of them being really good is is less valid. I, I don't get it. I just I think the Steelers wind up taking a step back, and the other team. These are both real hot takes from me. I feel like because this could be somebody's Super Bowl preview. The other team I, I don't really like this year to to be as good as they were last year are the Arizona Cardinals. Giving you a minute to make noise if you'd like it. No, Bruce Arians. He wears fedoras sometimes. He, he's awesome. I love Bruce Arians. Uh, it's been a nice couple of years for Arizona. They they definitely have young talent on both sides of the ball. And like you mentioned, it's hard to not love Bruce Arians. But uh, Carson Palmer is going to be 37 years old in December. He missed 10 games in 2014, threw two more touchdowns and interceptions in 2013. I mean, he was great last season. Just not sure how long his resurgence lasts. And, like, if he gets hurt, I feel like Drew Stanton's our backup quarterback. So, I mean, I just... That offense could kind of go... Do you feel like he's our cornerback, or do you know he's our cornerback? I don't know, because I didn't look it up, but uh, I can type in Cardinals' depth chart real quick and speak about it to kill time, and it looks like their backup quarterback is, in fact, drumroll... Matt Matt Barkley's in the mix. I'm already here. You have to do the drumroll. Drew Stanton is their backup. Matt Matt Barkley's a, a part of the picture. I just feel like there are a couple bad injuries away from being terrible. David Johnson gets hurt, and then you're stuck with Chris Johnson again. And, uh, yeah, man, Drew Stanton doesn't really do it for me as a backup, and I'm not in love with Carson Palmer. So I got, I got the Cardinals and the Steelers taking a step back this year. Nice. Joe, who do you think is going to take that leap and be better this year than they were last year? I got, I got two teams for you. I told you beforehand I had one, but now I have two. I'll start, yeah. I'll start with the one I didn't tell you about. I don't think they're a playoff team. I only think they're going to win seven games, but it's a step forward. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I knew you were going there. Why yep. do you like the Bucks? Why you love the Bucks so much? Why are the Bucks going to win the Super Bowl this year? No, well, I just that's said, what you're saying. You no, just I just said they weren't going to win seven games. I just said they were going to win seven games. Oh, man, I'm messing with you. I'm telling my mom she's going to mess you up. Um, Jameis Winston's second year, he's going to be a lot better, and that's it. So there's seven wins. They're going to be better. That's, that's cool. That's, that's it. That's there, there's your Bucks prediction. Um, that's better. That's a leap. Yeah. And then my other one, even though they made the playoffs last year, is the Houston Texans. And I just think they have just too many awesome receivers and a good defense. And if they stay healthy, I, I like Brock Osweiler more than most. We'll more on that in a minute. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I can see them making a push to be in the AFC Conference Finals, or whatever they call it. Championship game? Yeah, that was that what the NFL calls it? I don't care what the NFL calls it. NFL has stupid rules. Hate, hate, hate. They do uh, the wild card, then they do the divisional game, and then they do the championship game. But it's, then not, it's the, not called the the American Conference Championship game? Like, what are they? It's just the championship. Yeah, the AFC Championship game. The AFC Championship game. I don't like it. Apparently. Anyway, I, I agree with you. I have the Texans as a team I expect to take the leap this year. I think we could both see this coming last week when we were talking them up. Uh, I love Lamar Miller. I think he's a great pickup for them. Mm-hmm. I think he should really pick up where Arian Foster wasn't able to because he was always banged up and always on the sidelines. So getting a guy like Lamar Miller, who is so productive and so efficient with a team that just could not figure out how to use him, getting him on a team that's going to be able to use him well helps. Uh, you and I both like their receiving core a lot in Houston. DeAndre Hopkins is one of the top five receivers in football, and you love Will Fuller. I like Will Fuller enough. I think Jalen Strong is a very good, good. possession receiver mm-hmm. and can make some big plays. Um, and their defense. The defense was really good for them last year. They play in a horrible division, so, I mean, they should be able to... What do you I mean? The Colts, the Colts aren't, aren't, aren't going to be so great because Andrew Luck's no longer hurt? Well, I mean, the Colts might not be that bad, but the Jaguars probably still stink, and I'm really not sold on the Titans that much. If so, you were uh, to merge the Titans and the Jaguars, would they win eight games? Because listen, there, there is. I, I, I was the other day. I was looking at both rosters because I really like Miles Jack, and I really like um, Jalen Ramsey. Who's, well, that's he, the thing. The Jaguars might be better than the Titans this year, so I don't even know if you need to merge the Titans with them. The yeah. Jaguars on their own might be. But the Jaguars have some really young, interesting talent that I hope. Like I want Miles Jack to stay healthy. I want Jalen Ramsey to pan out. Um, they're still like th- those guys are both rookies. Miles Jack for cheaper scrapers is only twenty years old. Um, right. Yeah, sorry about that. It's just I, I think the Colts' window is actually shrinking. That's I don't know, man. I, I understand, kind of. I just think they, too, have a lot of young talent, and we haven't seen them really together, so I think it'll be interesting to see what they do this year. I think I think they're a new coach away from kind of reopening. You hate show. Chuck Pagano. 
I, I hate Do you think if Bruce it. Arians was there, that they'd be yes. like, yeah, so yes. do I. I kind of feel that way too. Because I think a Lux development would have been different. And I think the offensive line would be constructed in a different way at this point. And I just think overall they'd be better. I'm totally with you on that, yeah. I, right. And I don't like bashing Chuck Pagano because of everything he's been through, but you're right. right. He stinks. Yeah, yeah, He's not great. <laughs> I, I like Andrew Luck a lot. You know, I think Andrew Luck... Why? Probably, I, don't, and, I don't think he's that great. I do. I'm, I'm why? why? Tell me why. Luck, I just think he's got a huge arm. I think he's really year? smart. I think he's very mobile. Smart. I think, he didn't go to Harvard. He, he's, he didn't go to Harvard. He, he only went to Stanford, but just... Seeing his, his audibles and the way he speaks, and I, I don't know. We're going <laughs> to get really... he speaks? Yeah, I think he sounds like <laughs> Did a Did you ever see the, the movie The Program really like everybody else? Yes, I've seen The Program. Alvin Mack wasn't very smart in the rest of his life, but you put him in a film room, man was a genius. So yeah. I don't, the, the opposite could apply being able to articulate words outside of football than maybe going inside and being dumb as a doorknob like Carmen Sandiego. Carmen Sandiego is not smart. No, no, I, I misspoke. It's dumb as a doorknob looking for Carmen Sandiego. Uh, Carmen always got caught, though, man, so she couldn't be that great. I am not, I can't, I have nothing. Anyway, the other team I think is going to take a leap this year, which I feel really stupid about saying right now after I realized what my bad tweet was. <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings. I think the Vikings are going to take a step, and I, I don't think it's necessarily Radford-related. Uh, I thought they were going to take a step to begin with. I, I really like their defense. I think that... Their division isn't all that competitive outside of Green Bay. I, I like them a lot. I think that uh, I think this could be a good year for them. Okay, um, I think they're I think they're fine, and I think Sam Bradford stinks. So uh, I, I I don't I don't know who their backup quarterback is. I want to take take a random guess and say it's Brandon Allen for some reason. It's Sean Hill. Oh, who's awesome? I love Sean Hill. How is he still in the NFL? He's a backup quarterback. <laughs> These guys play forever. Why? Why not just ride with Sean Hill instead of instead of trading a first for Bradford? <laughs> yeah, that's, right. That is the question. I I don't know, man. If they're not going to give Joel Stave a shot at the job. No, um, but... he probably's already cut. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, good for you. I guess. Kyle I appreciate Rudolph. that. I don't have I don't have a lot of Vikings material. I, I just don't. That's fair. I uh, think I can name three Vikings players, and I'm not even sure if one of them's still on the roster. Who's your third? Jared Allen? Uh, I don't think Jared Allen is a Viking. <laughs> no, I, I have Kyle Rudolph, Teddy Bridgewater, Adrian Peterson. Uh, you got, you got Sam Bradford now, too. Sam Bradford, Joel, Joel State, because I just saw him. Sean Hill, I, I'm quarterback heavy. Um, yeah, Greg, is Greg Jennings still on that team? No, he retired from football. Oh, what a loser. Sure. Anyway, Chris I, Hoover, I, whatever he, that guy was from the middle, the East or the Upper Water Face Paint. I don't even know who you're talking about, um, but that's awesome. Anyway, yeah, I, I like the Vikings a little bit. Let, let's let's switch pace. Who's your dark horse team this year? Ooh. Yeah. Oh, dark horse. Well, see, this is weird because like we just did teams that we thought were be better. So I'm just I'm going to say the Texans again. This is come on, man. This is supposed to be the bold take. This is the team oh, that oh, like, like, like. This is supposed to be my hot take of hot takes. Yes, that's essentially that's dark horse. Well, you, you, go, go, you, 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 yeah, you, you better go first. All right, so you just kind of killed them, but I I kind of like them a lot, and I think you gave a lot of the reasons why I like them. I like the Washington football team. Um, I really like the pieces they have on offense. They do have a harder schedule this year than they did last year, but I think the Cowboys are a little bit overhyped. I'm not crazy about the Giants, and obviously the Eagles stink. Also, I think Kirk Cousins is really good, man, and I think he was really good last year when he had almost all of his pieces on offense. The final weeks of the season, or let's just do this, weeks 14, 15, and 16, okay? Week 14, Cousins goes 300 yards, uh, completes 77.4% of his passes. Week 15, 319 yards, completes 78% of his passes, four touchdowns, no interceptions, and then week 16... 365 yards, complete 67.4% of his passes, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Now, granted, granted, that was against Chicago, Buffalo, and Philadelphia, and none of those teams were very good last year. I just think Cousins kind of found his groove later in the season. Having Jordan Reed, having Deshaun Jackson, having Jamison Crowder, they, they draft Josh Doxson this year. I just think there's a lot of pieces there for that offense to be good, and I think the defense has been improving also again. I just don't think their division is very good at all. So I wouldn't be shocked to see them win like 10 to 12 games when they're being expected to win between 6 and 8. Nice. 
They're right. one. I have another one. And this Whoa, is, you have many hot takes today. All right, go This ahead. is the hottest, hottest, hottest. By the time it's over, you're going to have 14 teams in the playoffs. Yeah, man, why not? Um, this is the hottest hot take, all right? I don't like them to make the playoffs, but, like... Please don't be the team I finally just picked. I No, it's definitely not going to be. We were just talking about them a minute ago. Oh, okay. But, what if the Tennessee Titans aren't terrible this year? All right. So again, didn't you just tell me Jacksonville is going to be better? Again, the <laughs> AFC South is really, really bad. Listen, okay. I, I, listen. Here, going to the timeline of this, you yelled at me because I said the culture going stink. I didn't. And now it. you're picking every other team in that division to be good, but because saying the division stinks. I think the Colts are going to be better than both the Titans and the Jaguars. But I'm just saying. So now you're just saying to say three teams aren't coming out of the AFC South to be good. They're a dark horse, okay? That means I don't expect them to be good, but I wouldn't, I don't know, I would be shocked if Tennessee's good. Anyway, I kind of like Tennessee. You need to put your horse to sleep. I think Marcus Mariota's nice. He's a nice man. He's a decent football player. I think he's a good football player. (laughs) I think they're going to let him run a little bit more this year. I think, generally speaking, they're going to be able to run the ball better this year, and I think that that's what they wanted to do last year, and... Being able to run the ball and control the pace will help them. I think Derrick Henry is going to be an impact player from day one. I think he's going to take DeMarco Murray's job pretty early on. Seeing Tajay Sharp, who was their fifth-round pick, kind of take over the wide receivers core. I mean, they they have completely different receivers with him and Rashard Matthews this year, and I think it's going to help Mariota a lot. I like Tajay Sharp being six foot four and being as fast <laughs> as he is. What man? So you like Mariota because he's nice, and you like this other guy because he's six foot four. Yeah, that's why you like people. I was kidding. I, I like people I, because of their personality. Yeah, that's why you should like people for what they're able to do. I mean, I thought Mariota had a, had a decent first year. I think the wide receivers have been colossal disappointments for that team for the last several years. So to finally be able to change things up and bring in guys who are adequate running backs, I think it should help him a lot. Yeah, uh, sure. Or they could win three games and he could be terrible, which is what is probably going to happen. This is my dark horse team. Thank I you. Would, could you tweet this out so I can save it like Shabazz Muhammad? You're such a jerk, man. I don't even know why I do this. Um, so my dark horse seems to be the Browns. Uh, Great. Tell me why. Why do you like Sure, that? because the, Joe Flacco is no longer elite, right? So the Ravens stink. They released Justin Forsett. So they're done. Um, they're done because they released they're, they're, Justin Forsett. Yeah. Joe Flacco is no longer elite. Well, right. Well they're, well, they're coming off a five, they're coming off a five-win season. Hugh yeah, Jackson, Hugh awesome. They got Josh Gordon back. They got Robert Griffin the third. They, their offense is coming together. I can feel it. I can feel it all in my bones. And they're going to finish third place in the AFC Park, which is like a win. How many wins do they have this year? Six. <laughs> Listen, the Titans are going to be terrible too. Okay, this is fine. It's okay to have fun dark horse predictions. Sorry for making you have fun. Sorry. Who me? Yeah, you. I thought I did a good job having fun. Apparently not. Cause you're a Do you know I tweeted about college football last night and I lost a ton of followers? People really? don't people yeah, people don't want my football opinions apparently. More wrestling, buddy. Tweet about wrestling. Stick to wrestling. Hashtag stick to wrestling. Alright, man, let's get the show on the road. Give me your MVP prediction. Sure, Brock. <laughs> Brock Osweiler. <laughs> Sorry, who is that? Bork Osweiler. Bork. Uh, Brock Osweiler. Like, here's the deal. Right? So like I was trying to be creative. And obviously, I'm not high on luck. And I know there's a ton of other guys that could be in the mix. And how's Andrew Luck going to be in the MVP mix when his team wins four games because their offensive line stinks? Well, I just said I know there's other guys that more traditional picks. Like people would rather pick Andrew Luck over Brock Osweiler. Like I'm probably the only person in the world picking. It's just because I think Houston has a great offense. The receivers are great. I think they're going to have a great pass run balance. I think he's going to put up like really, really impressive numbers, and maybe not necessarily be be good. Do you know what I mean? Like, is it weird to say like I think a guy that's probably going to be like just above the average quarterback is going to win the Heisman? Or yeah, the Heisman. It's <laughs> <laughs> incredibly <laughs> weird. Just incredible. Well, weird. I think he's going to throw for like provided he doesn't get hurt. I think he'll throw for over four thousand yards. I don't think he'll throw a ton of picks, and I think he'll throw a ton of touchdowns. And yeah. I don't know who else in the NFL is going to be in a similar situation to put up gaudy numbers. I feel like this is a number. He's going to win it because of numbers, not necessarily because he's better than other guys. Yeah, that's 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 pretty bold, man. That's, well, who that's, else? Who else is going to put up better numbers? I mean, like Aaron Sam Rodgers Bradford. probably. Aaron Rodgers always does. Sam Bradford definitely will not. But you know, your your typical guys: your Rodgers, your Breeze, your Cam Newton. 
could be a huge year for Eli Manning. I, Joe Flacco is elite. <laughs> I've been hearing about Eli Manning's huge years for years now. He he was a little better last year. I don't think Eli's ever going to be in the MVP conversation. What about that, Roethlisberger? I I mean, he's expected to have a gigantic year. Yeah, everybody's I, everybody's always expected to have a gigantic. You no, may but, never hear in the NFL preseason about a guy like a veteran quarterback. Yep, he's going to stink this year. Now he's like, yep, he's the best shape he's ever been. Yep, we're expecting big things out of him this year. Yeah, that that is kind of how it works, and it is a little ridiculous, I suppose. But uh, I think Brock Osweiler as an MVP candidate is. Is a great take. I love it. I can't wait for you to tweet it. Uh, so make sure you put that on Twitter. I will. If I, I have to look how to spell his last name first. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So I'm. I have a couple guys who I'm kind of keeping my. No, eye no. On. You only pick one. You can't pick a couple guys. That's such belonging. You're hedging I, your bets. I told you I had two before the show. All right, but only be two. But only be two. I got. I got my two. So I think Adrian Peterson's going to go nuts. I kind of was talking about the Vikings taking the leap this year, and I think. He's going to have another one of his historical seasons just because he is legit a world beater. A little bit of a child beater as well. But uh, I think Adrian Whoa. Peterson's going to... I didn't say anything. I think Adrian Peterson's going to have a great year. I expect him to rush for 1,700 yards and lead the NFL in rushing. Probably grab like 20, 25 touchdowns this year. Big year for Adrian Peterson. Uh, I'm also expecting a huge year from Russell Wilson. He was ridiculous last year down the stretch when they started throwing the ball. And I think he has a lot of decent weapons. I think they have... Kind of more more pass catchers out of the backfield this year with CJ Proseis, Mister Hype Machine himself. Um, I love CJ Proseis. A lot of people love CJ Proseis. I honestly don't know anything about him other than he's expected to be their third down back and catch balls. That, that's all I got. I, I think he. I think if Russell Wilson did what he did in the second half of the season over a full course of a season, that's an MVP season. And uh, I think Seattle is going to be really good again. And I think he. I think he's awesome. I think he's one of these guys that unfairly gets a lot of crap i mean that team's been a perennial winner since he's been there anytime they they really let him throw or make plays he's kind of able to do so i really you know aside from from throwing that interception i really wouldn't blame any of their shortcomings on him Uh, i think he's great and i think he's only getting better so this could be mvp russell wilson this year how come his concussion water hasn't taken off he has a product called concussion water that supposedly cures concussions yeah is this a real thing yes I feel like that could be your absurd question today. I've never even heard of it. Really? You 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 are, you're on Twitter all the time. I am on Twitter all the time. Oh, I don't like have the details and it's like full, but yeah, he marketed concussion water. That's very interesting. I don't know anything about it, and I'm okay not knowing anything about it. Yeah, Russell Wilson claims he cleared concussion with miracle water. Oh my god, that's now now I understand why he gets as much crap as he does. All right. So Russ, Russell Wilson, you think's unfairly killed. He gets cured by Miracle Water. Great. Let's pivot and do absurd questions. Hit the music, big producer. It is time for the absurd questions portion of the podcast. Absurd questions. All right, which two, one of us two homeless bums are going first? I think you're going first because yours is better than mine today. Uh, I, don't I don't think so. All right. So, as a story before the question this morning, my wife is off work, kids are out of school, they apparently let me sleep in, me and Jared usually record this podcast on Fridays roughly, or Mondays at 9 in the morning Eastern, so I open my eyes and open the clock, this is 9.30. I am in a panic, because I have no idea if Jared has work, whatever, so I run downstairs to my boxers, all this other stuff. Text Jared, he's fine, we can, do, we can record the podcast. How mad are you that I'm late on the podcast? How can I answer this on a scale of what? No, just tell me. Like, are you, how, how, like I know you're okay. mad because when when, I, when you answered the Skype phone call, the first two minutes of it was very, very even keeled on Jerry. No, like hey hooker, oh hey stuff, <laughs> or uh, very very um, it was very matter of factly. Oh, but you goodness. may not be mad at me anymore because I think we had a pretty. Stupid fun podcast. <laughs> we had a great podcast. Yeah. I can say so myself. Yeah, I really I, I should just be was no, that? I, was, I wasn't mad. I wasn't mad when I picked up either. I was like, what happened to Joe? I hope he didn't die. I was like, <laughs> what do I do? Do I reach out to Jack Jorgensen? Like who who do I even call? I don't know his wife. I, mean, I don't know what to do here. Because you're you're never late. You're you're always awake at like six o'clock. This so is the I, latest I've slept in honestly got in like four or five years. Right, it was nine thirty in the morning. I wasn't even upset. I was kinda happy for you. I'm like, oh look at him. He probably thinks he has a day off, so he's sleeping in. He's gonna get up at eleven o'clock and be like, Jared, let's record this podcast. 
I'm going to be drunk because it's Labor Day and that's what Americans do. So I, I wasn't really mad. I was a little worried. I had other work to do, so it wasn't like I woke up for nothing. Um, it did probably ruin any possibility of me going back to sleep, but uh, that that's okay. All right. My, my fiance is going to be a lot more mad at you than I am. So Why? Because she wants me to get back in bed. Come on, man. Ooh, how, could you, ooh. how could you resist? Well, you can still go back in bed. I mean, you don't have to necessarily go to bed too bad. But she's probably awake, laying in there, waiting for me to come back so she could be like, I'm up, we're not going back to sleep. So, I- I'm not mad. Your question was, how mad was I? I was not mad. It's okay. I'm happy you got to sleep, buddy. Thanks. Alright, so your question wasn't that good. And uh, No, I-, I basically used absurd <laughs> questions to make sure our friendship was okay. <laughs> Alright, so here's my question. It's Labor Day. Happy Labor Day. On a more serious note, you know, we're, we're so grateful and appreciative of everybody that, that fights to protect our freedom. Um, so shout out to, to the military and, and all the other people. <laughs> what? Shout, shout out to everybody. Who... I, I know, but like, does anybody ever say shout out to the military? <laughs> yeah, come on, man. That's definitely a thing. Shout out to the military. Shout out to the troops. Um, anyway, Day, it's Labor Day. Happy Labor Day. Happy America Day. In honor of Labor Day, what is your favorite thing to cook slash eat from the grill? Favorite? Well, here's the thing. Like, I'm not a cook guy on the grill. Like, I don't like. I don't like being designated as the cooker. So, I guess if I have to cook, it's hot dogs because it's the easiest thing to do on the grill. Do you just call yourself a cooker? A cooker, yeah. <laughs> Barbecue. But I think my favorite thing to eat off the grill is uh, hamburgers or cheeseburgers. That's cool, man. I, my answer is cheeseburgers too. I do like being the grill master. Like, I, I don't have a grill. I live on the fifth floor in a 22 floor building, so I do not have a grill here. But. uh at my dad's, and when I lived with my dad a while back, I used to like to grill for us. Anytime I'm somewhere where there's a grill, I'm always happy to uh, to step in and, and do that. Uh, Dark Horse favorite thing to grill. I, my Ooh. favorite thing to grill is probably cheese. Andrew Luck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Andrew Luck's a good choice. Dark Horse is uh, pineapple. I like to grill pineapple. Pineapple and peaches, good fruits to throw on the grill. There's um, I don't know what it is. I remember last year we were at my in law, my sister in laws, and they were like kind of. I don't know, like all kind of vegetables or something on like a, a pan on the grill. And I don't know what it was, but it was delicious. So that's my dark horse. That great description I gave you. <laughs> cool. It was cool, greens cool. and reds and yellows. It was really yeah, good. It's it's fun to grill. I, I really enjoy it. And uh, I is there anything is there anything that you don't think is a traditional traditionally grilled food that you want to give a shot on the grill that I would like to try grilling? Yeah. Like, yeah, because you ever, like, you ever, like, you know, people used to say, like, you could fry anything, and you really can't. Right. And, uh, but is there anything, like, you, like, you look at, like, I wonder how that would be off the grill? Uh, I, hmm, I can't really think of anything right now. It's funny, I've had a couple of, like, outside-the-box grilled meals this summer. My sister-in-law made pizza on the grill recently, which was, I was going to say that. Was it good? It was outrageous. I mean, you don't put the dough right on the grill. I guess you get kind of like a pizza stone type of deal or like a a pan that goes on the grill and you cook it like that. Uh, So it's almost like hibachi-ish to a sense. Um, I I made bacon on the grill, which was probably really dumb. Uh, It was delicious, but just for all the grease. I can't really (laughs) think of anything that's like outside the box. Maybe like French toast. I don't know. Ooh, French toast. Love me some French toast. I, I, I like the idea of pizza, though. That, that sounds, it just, there's something about, I don't know, there's something about grills that are just romantic. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely what I think, too. All right, we're, we're off the rails, and we're not coming back. So thank you guys so much for listening today. Um, we'll be back on Friday. Enjoy the first week of NFL football. Get, get ready for that Super Bowl rematch. Trevor I Simeon. Know, I know Joe's going to be excited about his boy Trevor Simeon suiting up, and uh, maybe we even get some Paxton Lynch if we're lucky. But uh, it's exciting to get football back. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Have a great Labor Day. I'm Jared. You can find me on Twitter at Hoops. Catch my writing for todaysfastbreak.com. Joe, tell the good people where they can find you. And here's your opportunity, man. If you want to talk about about your boys, Western Kentucky, now, now's the time. Okay. At Joseph Nerdon, N-A-R-D-O-N-E. Just keep uh, keep your, your – your, I'm writing about Pancake Thomas and Mitchell Robinson. Actually, you this, right after Right after this. So uh, keep your, an eye out on my Twitter handle. Western Kentucky is going to be sneaky good next year because they have a top ten player in the country, and they have four – Immediately eligible transfer players, including Pancake Thomas, who averaged 90, uh, ninety points per game. Where would he do it? Where would he average those points? You, huh? University of Hartford. Shout Harper. out to the Hawks, Howie uh, boy. I, I also write for today's fast break. Um, Jared's great, but for the other twenty nine guys in this fantasy draft, could you please move along a little quicker? 
Yes. Um, we're, doing, we're doing a franchise draft for today's fast break via email. And it's taking five days. We're in the first round, so. Yeah, I don't know why either of us thought that was a good idea. No, just annoying emails. Um, and I'm at Today's You, where we're really, the college football coverage is obviously awesome. I don't do that, thankfully. Um, for you and me both. And, but our college basketball is still gnarly, so that's it. Shout out. Oop, oop. Happy Labor Day, folks. Woo. All around me are familiar websites, worn out clickbait, worn out hotcakes, bright and early for the daily link dumps, no one's clicking, no one's clicking, their pupils are filling up their pockets, but not for writers. Not for writers. Hide my head, I want to do a slideshow. No tomorrow. No tomorrow. And I find it kind of funny. I find it kind of sad. The internet in which I'm worthless is the best I've ever had. I find it hard to tell you. I find it too hot to take When people blog in circles It's a very, very Mad world Mad